I'm a handshake tater. I'm a spud with a plan. I'm a miracle that's greater day by day. I ain't your average quitter. I don't put up with golf. I'm doing the best I can. The drum tater. Don't be hater. Good morning on this beautiful Tuesday morning. Uh, I'm Jamie Renda on the Trump Tater Podcast. Just a reminder again what a Trump Tater is to my audience. And for those out there who have never listened to the Trump Tater Podcast again, a Trump Tater is someone who outshines, outclasses, outperforms, and defeats someone or something, a dependable and exemplary person. So I wanted to clarify that definition because after a 12-year run, Obama is no longer the most admired man, and it is now the Trump Tater. President Donald J. Trump is the most admired man in America, and as he should be, because he is definitely one who outclasses and outshines and who has outperformed. Uh, he didn't outcheat, but he has uh, been a dependable and exemplary person. So I was glad to see that uh, this Gallup survey shows that uh, President Donald J. Trump is the most admired man in America right now, um, because that's that's exactly where he should be. So we'll see what's going to happen uh, with this election. But um, anyway, it's exciting to know that uh, most of Americans see Donald Trump for the great leader that he has been. Uh, someone else who was one of the top 10 is Elon Musk. Um, and all my kids have been, you know, just total Elon Musk fans for some time now. I shouldn't say all, but three of my four. The other one is not very involved in uh, in politics or technology. But uh, anyway, um, it's exciting to see some of the incredible um, adventures or or technologies that Elon Musk is putting out. So another time we'll talk about Elon Musk and, and give him a Trump Tater of the Day award as we uh, talk about him and some of the great great things he's doing. Um, but I wanted to share last week, I, I did a disservice to one of my um, most admired people, and that's Dr. Jordan Peterson. So I, I wanted one of the things that uh, I thought about on as far as being grateful for 2020 is the fact that Dr. Peterson, after a year of some really horrible health struggles in which he was in a induced or in a coma for almost two months, um, is now doing better and he's actively back to uh, get, doing presentations and he's going to continue his Bible series. Uh, he's going to start in the book of Exodus and also do some Bible series on Psalms. So very grateful that he is doing well and has so much to contribute. So I'm going to just start out um, today with, I have a segment that I'm breaking into a few parts. And so hopefully we, we were able to get it as close as I can to uh, breaking this out into the parts I want to discuss. But um, just talking about the importance, I mean, he gives such practical advice and helps us understand how our minds work and uh, the importance of some aspects of routine in this and why routine is important. And I'm the world's worst. I'm, I'm the mo most consistent thing I am in my life is inconsistent. So a lot of his material directly speaks to me on the importance that I need to have a little bit more routine in my life. So anyway, we're going to just start out with this first segment of Dr. Jordan Peterson. It's unbelievable the degree to which our sanity depends on a functioning sociological structure. And here's why. Well, first of all, you kind of need to know what to do every day. You have to have a routine because you're an animal. You know, if you have a dog or a cat, dogs are a really good example of this. Dogs like routine. They like to be walked the number of times a day that they're supposed to be walked. And they get quite sick very rapidly if you don't routinize their days. Children are exactly the same way. Now, you can overdo it, right? But still, you know, you need to know approximately when you should get up. It should be approximately the same every day. You need to know approximately when you're going to eat. You need to know what you're going to eat. You need to know who you're going to eat with. You need to know where to buy your food. It's like 80% of your life. 70% of your life, something like that, consists of those things that you do every single day, that you repeat. And those are often the things that people think about as the trivial elements of their life. But one of the things I would like to point out to you, if you do the mathematics, I did this with a client of mine who was having a hard time putting his child to bed. They were having a fight every night. 
And I knew by that time, the studies indicate that most parents only spend 20 minutes per day of one-on-one time with their child. Now, the reason for that is that people are busy, and it's actually not that easy to parse out 20 minutes of one-on-one time. It's a lot bloody more time than you think. But that's all there is, 20 minutes. And he's spending like 40 minutes a day fighting with this kid, trying to get the kid to go to bed. And that's not very entertaining. You know, you think, well, it's just having a scrap with the kid about going to bed. But it's, no, 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 no. If it happens every day, it's a catastrophe. So you do the math. So we'll say five hours a week for the sake of argument, just to keep it simple. It's 20 hours a month. It's 240 hours a year. That's six 40-hour work weeks. So that guy was basically spending a month and a half of work weeks doing absolutely nothing but having a wretched time fighting with his son trying to get him to go to bed. Horrible, right? That's just way too much time to spend doing something like that if you want to actually have a positive relationship with someone because it's just too it's just too punishing. Well, so you need structure, you need predictability, and you need more of it than you think just to keep you sane. Now, if you're lucky and maybe a bit odd, you can deviate 5% from the norm or 10% from the norm or something like that carefully and cautiously as long as the rest of you is all well-ordered in a normative manner. You might be able to get away with that and you might be able to sustain it across time and people might be able to tolerate you if you do it or maybe you'll get really lucky and you happen to be creative but reasonably well put together and people will actually be happy that there's something idiosyncratic and unique about you. But even under those circumstances mostly what you want is to have a routine that's disciplined, that's predictable, and bloody well stick to it. You're going to be way healthier and happier and saner if you do that. And then the other thing that you need, because this is one of the things the psychoanalysts got wrong, I think, is that they overestimated the degree to which sanity was a consequence of internal, of being properly structured internally, you know. Because from the psychoanalytic point of view, you're sort of an ego, and that ego is inside you. And of course, it rests on an unconscious structure. But the purpose of psychoanalysis is to sort out that unconscious structure and the ego on top of it, and to make you a fully functioning and autonomous individual. So the reason I wanted to have this particular clip is where we are with the coronavirus and these lockdowns and the change in our routines. And uh, I mean, on top of being inconvenient and hurting small businesses and uh, impacting, um, you know, educational pursuits and other things, it's really messing with our sanity. And I want to bring that up because one of my children's friends, parents, uh, father committed suicide over the weekend. And as we um, as we look around us and there's a. Uh, there's a lot of people who just right now, I mean, this upset of routine, this daily structure that we take for granted and may not realize the importance of the cycle on our psyche uh, and on top of everything else. It's just that structure is really important, even though I'm not the most structured individual. I mean, I feel it in my life, uh, my structure being uh, disrupted, uh, just with my husband's structure being disrupted, he's very much a, a structured type person. So it's, you know, he wants to go to bed at the same time. He wants to get up at the same time. And, and I've never been like that, but his structure being disrupted is impacting me in the sense that he's kind of my foundation, even though I'm kind of, um, more kind of out there on the edge on structure, Uh, having someone in my family or directly close to me, having a structured life, I now realize how that gave my life some structure because um, anyway, I just kind of followed that. But now, now that he's working from home and his structure has been, you know, uprooted and uh, I can feel it in his life, the way it's impacting him. And it's kind of trickled down into my life and, and, um, I just have to imagine that, you know, none of us were probably aware of how important this routine that we have in our life is, uh, but it's extremely important. And so we have not only in our families, but in our communities, in our uh, cities, in our our states, in our nation, in the world, everyone is a little bit uh, out of balance with their structure and with those daily routines. And, uh, and that's messing with our sanity. 
And so we just got to be very careful right now that we try to implement as much structure as we can uh, to make sure we maintain that mental stability and our sanity. So anyway, I hope you enjoyed that, that piece from Dr. Jordan Peterson. And I'm going to continue with this clip as he talks about something else that gives us our sanity uh, in this next segment. Again, if you haven't looked us up on trumptator.com, check out our, our website and follow us on our social media. I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy. Sebastian Gorka here. Maybe you've been hearing about Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that helps a person's body deal with inflammation and pain. You've heard all the wonderful testimonials. Well, I have my own testimonial. For many years, my lower back pain was becoming a serious problem. The short story is, I finally gave it a try, and now I'm out of pain too. So if you're in pain, you can order the three-week quick start for just $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com. Hi, this is Dennis Prager, and we just launched a new PragerTopia membership called PragerTopia Unlimited. Members can listen to any and all audio programs that are in the Dennis Prager store. That's over 400 programs to choose from, show segments, talks, lectures, courses, even full access to all five books of my Torah teaching. For a limited time, an annual PragerTopia Unlimited membership is only $119. Join PragerTopia Unlimited today. Go to PragerTopia.com. If your credit card bills have gotten out of hand and you care about your credit, call Consolidated Credit now. If the interest rates on your credit cards are so high, it'll take years to get out of debt. Call Consolidated Credit now. They've helped over 6 million people with credit card debt. Without destroying your credit, they can consolidate your debts into one lower payment, reduce your interest rates, and get you out of debt fast. The program works. Call Consolidated Credit now. Call 800-406-0046-800-406-0046. Consolidated Credit Counseling Services, Inc., 5701 West Sunrise Boulevard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33313. Licensed by the New York Department of Financial Services and by the Vermont Department of Financial Regulation, Maryland DM 1492, Oregon DM 80092. Licensed by the Virginia State Corporation, Commission License Number DC83. Service may adversely affect the individual's credit. Non-payment of debt may lead to additional finance charges or collections activity, including legal action, not a loan company. Welcome back to the Trump Tater. I'm Jamie Renda again, and we're talking a little bit about Dr. Jordan Peterson's advice he has on maintaining our sanity and a couple of key things to maintain our sanity, the first of which is routine and how we need to have about a 70 to 80 percent routine going in our lives is a variable, you know, that 20, 25, 30 percent that we can deviate. But right now with coronavirus, our whole routine has been deviated. So it's it's very important that we try to maintain as much of a routine as we can. I often joke that uh, uh, we lay in bed and watch TV 
And uh, my daughter's recently been home from uh, PA school, so she jumps into bed with us. And I feel like we're Charlie in the tro- chocolate factory. You know how they're all in bed, kind of cozied up because it's cold outside. And uh, think of how unroutine we are. And uh, so trying to get back into a little bit better routine. My husband's decided he's going to try to go back into work a few days a week, even though technically they can all work from home. But uh feel like that routine is important. And uh, until I listened to this uh, clip from Dr. Peterson, I didn't realize how important it was for our sanity. But I mean, naturally, it was instinctive that I knew it wasn't good that everybody was out of routine. But the um, from a psychologist, uh, putting it the way he did kind of helps to understand the importance there. So now we're going to talk about, uh, he's going to go on to talk about the second indicator on maintaining our sanity and how we keep that balance. The reason that you're sane as a fully functional and autonomous human being isn't because you've organized your psyche, even though that's important. The reason that you're sane if you're if you have a well-organized unconscious and ego is because other people can tolerate having you around for reasonably extensive periods of time and will cuff you across the back of the head every time you do something so stupid that people will dislike you permanently if you continue. And so what people are doing to each other all the time, just nonstop, is broadcasting sanity signals back and forth, right? It's like you smile at people if they're, well, if they're not only behaving properly, but behaving in a way that you would like to see them continue to behave. You frown at them if they're not, you ignore them if they're not, you shun them, you you roll your eyes at them, you manifest a disgust face, you don't listen to them, you interrupt them, you won't cooperate with them, you won't compete with them. It's like you're blasting signals at other people about how to regulate their behavior so frequently, well, it just makes up all of your social interaction. That's why we face each other and we have emotional displays on our face and we're looking at each other's eyes and we know as much as we can about what's going on with each other, given that we don't have immediate access to the contents of their consciousness. And so partly what you're doing with your routine is establishing yourself as a credible, reliable, trustworthy, potentially interesting human being who isn't going to do anything too erratic at any moment. And everyone else is around there tapping you into shape, making sure that that's exactly what you are. And that's how you stay sane. And so what happens to people too, if they don't have a routine and they get isolated is they start to drift. And they drift badly because the world is too complicated for you to keep it organized all by yourself. You just cannot do it. So we outsource the problem of sanity. And it's very intelligent that we outsource the problem of sanity because sanity is an impossibly complex problem. And so the way that we manage the incredibly complex problem is we have a very large number of brains working simultaneously on the problem all the time. It's like a stock market for sanity. I use that definition with purpose because the stock market does the same kind of impossible thing, right? Because it tries to price things, which is impossible. How many things are there? Like a billion. How in the world do you decide what the price is? You can't decide what the price is. That's why you have a stock market. Well, in a free market, I mean for consumer goods. is Everyone's voting on what the price of everything is all the time. And that's the way we figure it out because it's actually, it's technically impossible. That's partly why the stock market explodes now and then and there's bubbles and all that sort of thing. But anyways, the point is, things are chaotic. In Alice in Wonderland, when Alice goes down the rabbit hole, that's the underworld, right? So now she's gone into the substructure of being. Okay, I just want to talk about that again with us all wearing masks. uh, The one thing that's being covered up is facial expression and facial expression is extremely important for us to be able to give people those social cues of what they're saying is positive, what they're saying is being accepted or what they're saying is is uh, annoying or inappropriate and especially for young kids and uh, their social interactions. But I think it's important for all of us. Um, so not only are we, have we messed up our, our daily routines and, uh, now we're, we're messing up those social cues by being isolated. We're not getting that daily feedback or when we are out in public, we're wearing masks. And so we're not getting those social, um, cues from people of, you know, where we're at and what we're saying or how we're acting or behaving as appropriate. And we're also not giving out those um, 
social cues to other people. And, and I just think of the, you know, how important a smile is and how that changes somebody's disposition. Now, I have noticed that you can kind of pick up a smile through someone's eyes. And so that's good that, you know, we can still get some feedback through eyes, but um, not usually the case. Usually, you know, it's within in your mouth and your cheekbones and that area there that you display a lot of your um, your emotion of how you're interpreting a situation and uh, and what your disposition and mood is. And so we're just missing out on a whole lot right now, more than we recognize or realize we are. Um, and it's dangerous. And for, for our Dr. Falke, Fauci to say that this should continue for a year or two years is crazy. And on top of that, we're missing out on that physical interaction of a hug, a handshake, a pat on the back, uh, j just that connection, uh, social interactions with young people, dating, uh, being able to get together with friends and, and play games or uh, go to parties or have uh, go to lunch uh, with a group of people and um, so there's just so much that's disrupted. And uh, so you have to look at it, you know, for the, the overall good. And I just believe in my heart that the way that uh, we have faced this, um, this virus has been catastrophic for us as a society. It's going to have long-term implications far, far greater than the death toll, um, is going to be as far as like if we would have lost more people um, to the coronavirus, I think the impact is going to be far greater. So anyway, there's no perfect way to handle a crisis of this nature, but uh, we've got to at least be aware of the impact so we can try to mitigate them as much as we can with our family, with our friends, with our children, and, um, and just be self-aware that these things are very important. I'm going to, when we get back, I'm going to finish up this segment. And uh, Alice in Wonderland's always been one of those shows that uh, has always puzzled me. <laughs> it's one of my kids' favorite shows growing up. And I, I've just never caught on. But listening to Dr. Peterson, he's actually broken apart multiple Disney and children's shows in a way that, you know, kind of helps you understand some of the creativeness behind that. And and so Alice in Wonderland is, is one of those that he started the introduction of right before the end of this clip. And we're going to continue um, after we get back um, just on how we feel in life. And uh, so he's going to talk about, you know, Alice's experience uh, with the Red Queen and, um, and the advice the Red Queen gave Alice uh, in this part of Alice in Wonderland. And, and I think that's how we probably all feel. So when we get back on the Trump Tater, we're going to play that last clip from Dr. Peterson and, um, and see how that applies to us in our current life right now. Also, just um, since I have just a short uh, time left, um, I was, well, I don't know. I, I don't want to get off on another top topic because I don't have enough time left. But uh, anyway, make sure that you're following. Uh, and if you aren't listening to other podcasts on Fed by Ravens Media, make sure you check out the other podcast on this network. Radio News with Lance Pride. The House of Representatives overrode President Trump on Monday by rejecting his veto of a defense bill. The Democratic-controlled House voted 322 to 87 to override Trump's veto of the $740.5 billion bill. The National Defense Authorization Act, which includes funding for military projects and a pay raise for troops, was passed this month by the House and Senate. One week from today, Georgia will hold its Senate runoff elections. The two runoffs on January 5th will decide whether the Republicans continue to control the Senate or not. Republican David Perdue is against Democrat John Ossoff. The other race is between Republican Kelly Loeffler and Democrat Reverend Warnock. 
A Delaware computer repairman who went public with the Hunter Biden hard drive is now suing Twitter for defamation, claiming Twitter moderators unfairly branded him a hacker. The emails detailing Hunter Biden's shady overseas business dealings are reportedly now part of a federal tax probe. USA Radio News. When thinking about life insurance, my accident reinforced you never know what tomorrow might bring. That's why I reached out to AccuQuote. AccuQuote helps people find a life insurance policy that meets their needs. Since 1986, they've helped millions of folks save up to 60% on their life insurance by comparing the rates and features of dozens of top-rated life insurance products. A healthy 50-year-old non-smoker can buy a half a million dollars of 10-year level term for less than 45 bucks a month. A 60-year-old under 120 bucks a month. Longer or permanent terms are available. Even if you already own life insurance, you really need to check out my friends at AccuQuote. Don't worry about health issues. Remember, they help me. As a pastor, I'm concerned about your soul and helping you to make sure your family is taken care of. Life insurance is more affordable now than ever, so don't make them wish you'd made that call. 877-437-4781. Call now, 877-437-4781. 877-437-4781. policy forms and availability vary by state. Let's get a coronavirus stimulus check update with Dan Naraki. The House passed a measure Monday to increase the stimulus checks in the COVID relief bill to $2,000, something President Trump has called on lawmakers to do. A few dozen Republicans voted with nearly all House Democrats to pass the measure that isn't expected to make its way out of the Senate. Congressman Ken Buck agrees. The Colorado Republican tells Newsmax TV that he would have supported the effort if it had reduced spending elsewhere in the bill. They, they won't consider this at all. And, and I, I, I said uh, that I would support this if... If they uh, reduced they, or took away the pork and funded this $2,000 through the reduction of pork. Um, they didn't do that. They just wanted more and more spending. And, and it's a typical Democrat strategy. I think what they're trying to do is uh, appeal to voters in Georgia. I think it's it's very cynical and it's, it's sad. We're at $30 trillion of debt right now. And, and to just throw money around like that is, is it's typical Pelosi, frankly. From the USA Radio News, Ohio Bureau, I'm Dan Naraki. USA Radio News. Welcome back to the Trump Tater. We're going to finish up this last segment of this Dr. Jordan Peterson um, wisdom or advice on how we can maintain our sanity. Things are chaotic. In Alice in Wonderland, when Alice goes down the rabbit hole, that's the underworld, right? So now she's gone into the substructure of being. And she meets the Red Queen. And the Red Queen is Mother Nature. And Mother Nature is running around yelling, off with her heads, off with her heads. Which is, of course, what Mother Nature does. And she tells Alice, in my kingdom, you have to run as fast as you can just to stay in the same place. And that's exactly right. And that's a description of... In fact, evolutionary biologists and psychologists have picked up on that phrase. They call it the Red Queen problem. And the Red Queen problem is everything's after you all the time and you're not smart enough to do anything about it or enough about it. And so that's a permanent existential problem. So how do you deal with that? You've got a biological structure. So your embodiment is part of the solution to the problem. And then you're enculturated. And because you're enculturated... You're taught a lot of things that you need to know, but mostly what you're taught is how to communicate with other people in an acceptable manner. And then once you can communicate with people in an acceptable manner, then you can outsource your problems constantly, which you're doing constantly. And so we're in this continual dynamic exchange of problem solving. So if you're a socialized person, that's what you get access to. When Alice goes down the rabbit hole, that's the underworld, right? So now she's gone into the substructure of being. And she meets the Red Queen. And the Red Queen is Mother Nature. And Mother Nature is running around yelling, off with her heads, off with her heads. Which is, of course, what Mother Nature does. And she tells Alice, in my kingdom, you have to run as fast as you can just to stay in the same place. And that's exactly right. And that's a description of, in fact, evolutionary biologists and psychologists have picked up on that phrase. They call it the Red Queen problem. And the Red Queen problem is... Everything's after you all the time, and you're not smart enough to do anything about it or enough about it. And so that's a permanent existential problem. So how do you deal with that? You've got a biological structure, so your embodiment is part of the solution to the problem. And then you're enculturated. And because you're enculturated, 
you're taught a lot of things that you need to know, but mostly what you're taught is how to communicate with other people in an acceptable manner. And then once you can communicate with people in an acceptable manner, then you can outsource your problems constantly, which you're doing constantly. And so we're in this continual dynamic exchange of problem solving. So if you're a socialized person, that's what you get access to. Okay, we did a little repeat there. It wasn't intentional, but uh, I, I do feel like it's probably okay because that is so important to understand um, this connection of problem solving and being able to have this uh, ability to communicate effectively with other people. And it's a skill set in another uh, Jordan Peterson segment. He talks about the most important thing you can do for your children is you have to have them socialized by the age of four. And um, because if they're not, they're going to have problems throughout the rest of their life. So I look at what this pandemic's doing and how many children are not getting that proper socialization right now and the long-term impact it's going to have on these young kids. Um, And, you know, as adults, we see the impact it's having on us, but specifically these young kids whose brains are developing and forming and their ability to have those proper interactions with their peer groups in the form of play out of the playground in the park or play groups of people getting together. It still breaks my heart on this one. Um, YouTube or it wasn't YouTube. It was a Facebook post that someone put on there with the policeman coming to a mother's house, knocking on the door. And, uh, and, and basically I think she got a citation because she was allowing her kids to play with the neighbor kids And I thought, man, how crazy of a world we're in right now where parents can't even engage with the neighbors on having play dates uh, with their children uh, because of some of the the laws, these draconian draconian laws that are being created and being enforced uh, by our law enforcement right now and the long-term harm that's going to take place because of that. So anyway, that's just a, a segment on how we can maintain our sanity. And I think being aware of the importance of these things will help us to try to find uh, ways to get our routines back in order and uh, make sure we're getting that social interaction and our kids are getting that social interaction that's crucial uh, for them in their, in their development and for us to maintain our sanity. Um, so I'm just going to throw on a, a few tidbits. And one of the ones that I really liked is a California business owner pulls their truck behind the car of the health inspector after he threatens lockdown cita- citations for restaurants and other businesses that are doing business. And he basically said, well, if I can't work, he can't work. And, uh, <laughs> I think, you know, just kudos to these brave people. You know, they're going to end up in jail or losing their businesses, unfortunately, by being brave. And um, but uh, I think it's that type of um, activity that's going to be important to to rally people to stand up for their freedoms, the freedom to maintain their businesses, freedom to be able to go to work. And uh, so we have all these government employees that are still one, they're still on payroll and uh, from cities to counties, uh, health departments, state employees, government, federal employees. And uh, so they have no impact they have no impact of this coronavirus at all. Um, and then they're able to maintain their sanity and their, in their routines as they're going out and enforcing these uh, uh, unconstitutional measures of prohibiting people to provide for their families. So anyway, kudos to the, the, this owner in California, uh, making it a point to uh, let this healthcare professional know our healthcare worker, um, inspector. And I, I deal with these healthcare inspectors cause I own a restaurant. Most of them are pretty good, but I've had a couple and had this one recently that came into my restaurant that wrote this whole list of things down that uh, like wanted me to resurface the floor in my, my walk-in refrigerator. I thought, really, you're going to tell me to do this during a pandemic. And I've never had any other health inspector in the 10 years that I've been here. Tell me I need to resurface the floor (laughs) and then my walk-in refrigerator. And then they wanted me to put plexiglass up beside my hand sink. And I thought, you know, again, 10 years of operation, 
I've never seen plexiglass to the side of a hand sink. I mean, had all these little just nitpicky things like, you know, they're trying to show off their skills or something. Um, and, but fortunately, I mean, um, then I haven't had anybody come back since then, so I'm not going to do those things. But uh, it is frustrating just the arbitrariness of different inspectors and what they can enforce on different businesses. Okay. I'm going to go on to uh, the election. Um I don't know. I get, I, I've kind of lost some hope, but I'm trying to maintain an open mind of what might happen come January 6th. Um, but uh, last night uh, it was declared, and we've heard this in the past, uh, that there were 200,000 more voters uh, or votes than there were voters. Now, a lot of people, I had some skeptical uh, put out that there's 9 million registered voters in pencil in Pennsylvania and only 7 million voted if you calculate all you know approximately so he was being facetious and saying Trump was spreading rumors but what they were saying is there are 200,000 more votes than there were people who voted not registered vote voters there was 200,000 more votes than people who actually voted and so that was uh, another discrepancy in the state of Pennsylvania. And those 200,000 more votes uh, predominantly seem to go towards uh, Joe Biden. Um, so that that's one incident. And then there were some other things that were coming out in Arizona and also Georgia on um, some voter fraud that is coming out in the open. And, and I think just anybody with common sense knows that there was significant fraud in this election, whether it can all be proved and proved in time is probably our, uh, our shortfall is the time be able to go through the court system, sp specifically when the Supreme court takes on Donald Trump's case and they do it on January 22nd. Uh, so it's going to be, I don't know if it's going to be proved in time and I don't know if we have enough courageous lawmakers to make this jump out there and contest this election and put President Trump in office knowing that there was corruption. But anyway, that's just one thing that has came out uh, recently that I thought I'd give you an election update. Uh, when we get back on the Trump Tater, we'll go over the other news of the day. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. Stock market have you nervous with all the massive fluctuations? With the hope for a COVID vaccine on the rise, shifting political landscape, and the election at an end, it's virtually impossible to guess what will happen next. With Vantage Point, you don't have to. Text MONEY to 411411 to find out how our technology can forecast market trends up to three days in advance with incredible accuracy. Text MONEY to 411411 to get what you need to stay ahead of market trends and find explosive moves before they happen. Vantage Point's patented technology analyzes huge quantities of global data in seconds. Stop guessing. Start predicting trends 72 hours in advance. Text MONEY to 411411 and experience Vantage Point for free. Text MONEY to 411411 so you can protect and grow your capital now. Don't wait. Text MONEY to 411411. Go to VantagePointSoftware.com for terms, conditions, and privacy policy. I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, 
We hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy! With a recession ending, if you've been putting off building your business, now is the time to act. General Steel will meet or beat any price on a pre-engineered steel building of the same size and specifications. Act now before steel prices go up. So call us today for free information. Call 800-965-1290. Hi, this is Stan Ellsworth. You know, I know a little bit about history. I mean, me and that Harley and all. But social media, well, that's a mystery to me. So I turned to the good folks at Little Cloud. They helped me develop my social media. They call it an online footprint. I'm a pretty big guy. Little Cloud, they've created a pretty big online presence for me. Let them help you. Visit their website. Visit my friends at littlecloudmedia.com. Welcome back to the Trump Tater. Going to hit a little bit of local news going on. Our police chief here in Ogden is Police Chief Randy Watt. We've had on the Trump Tater program a couple of times, and uh, his retirement just was announced. And uh, we'll be sad to see uh, Randy Watt leaving. Uh, he's been a, a great force of stability. It hasn't came with a little bit of uh, contention on occasion here and there of people who have not approved of his leadership, but I think overall he's done a fantastic job here in Ogden and um, some issues, some specific areas that I've really been impressed with is that he hired a homeless advocate and I spoke about Anna the other day um, and she is coordinates the responses between the police department and our homeless out on the streets and gets to know the different homeless people and the problems that they have and uh, making the police more aware of um, the different problems that each person out on our streets is having right now. So I think that's been a fantastic, they also, a fantastic move on his part. They also have, anyway, I won't get into all the details, but I think he's done a really good uh, job. Oh, I'm going to get into one. We talked about this when we had him on the program last, and I think this is really important, is mental health for our police department. And so he has provided it with an outside firm opportunities for the police to go in and uh, both with group therapy and individual therapy and get the help that they need without any repercussions coming back on them with their job or him being aware of who's seeking out that help. And uh, and so, again, uh, I think he's been very proactive in making sure our police department is taken care of and uh, finding that balance between the community and uh, the police department. So especially at a time that we've been going through, I think he's done a good job. And so we'll be sad to see him go out, but look forward to see who the new successor is going to be. Um, and then another, uh, this isn't really local news, this is national news, but but I'm just going to throw in a local element to it. As right now they're discussing and overriding the veto uh, of the President Trump, vetoed the uh, military uh, expenditure bill and which probably wasn't easy for President Trump to do because the military, he has made incredible effort in building up our military, making sure they have the latest and best technology and equipment that they need uh, to be able to maintain a safe um, safety for our soldiers and provide for all of their needs. But at the same time, he's been very careful not to put our armed forces in danger. Um, and so in four years, he has not taken us into a new war. But nonetheless, he's fought for VA benefits and had made some big changes in our VA department and giving soldiers the ability to seek outside help if the, the waiting list is too long with the VA. So great improvements for our soldiers there. So he's what was um, thrown into this or what he wanted to be put into this that wasn't is uh, holding accountability to our tech industry, to Google, to Facebook, uh, to Twitter on being accountable and he sees this as a national threat and i have to agree with him on that it is a national threat because some of these companies are more beholden to china than they are to america 
And so there's got to be some accountability there. Uh, Representative Chris Stewart mentioned on his Facebook this morning that uh, he is going to vote, and he did vote to override the veto, and he understands uh, President Trump's position on technology, on the big tech companies and accountability. But Chris, if you really understood it, and if other Republicans really understood it, why haven't y'all done anything about it before? And uh, and I think that's the point of frustration on the president's part and on our part as citizens looking as our free speech has been uh, impacted and conservative speech has been impacted in these social media uh, forms. And uh, so, yeah, I, I agree. Maybe it shouldn't be the best place in the military bill itself to put that in there, but it wouldn't have been necessary for P- President Trump to put that in there if y'all had done your duty and held these tech companies accountable. Uh, but these tech companies are big donors to both Republicans and Democrats. And so in, anyway, definitely some conflict of interest going on there. But just wanted to point out, now it's going to the Senate. The House did pass to override the veto. Now it's in the Senate's hands, and we'll see what they do. The House also passed the measure to increase our the American, um, trying to think of the right word here, uh, the $600 benefit to $2,000 benefit per every adult American uh, in this coronavirus relief package. Um, so... Now we'll see what happens in the Senate, if the Senate will vote to to pass that as well. I think there will be enough when you have every uh, Democrat senator going to vote for it. And I I think you'll have a significant number of Republicans, and then you'll have a lot of people who probably abstain from voting on that, and then others who will vote against it. But I think that will pass. Uh, Normally, I would not support such a bill that's going to be $180 billion, but under the circumstances... Uh, I would rather see that in American hands than those of foreign entities that I don't understand why that was in the bill. And hopefully the Senate will pass this in conjunction to eliminating some of the pork that was in that original coronavirus bill. So anyway, those are two two points of local news of what's going on in our communities. Another thing that was kind of just passed by my attention, let me see how much time I have left here. Okay, is, and this is just a a little tidbit of something that I'd like to talk about in more depth at another time and maybe even have someone on to discuss the importance of vocational training in our schools. So a lot of these things are tied together uh, with academia, and I kind of feel like there's some sinister aspects involved in it, um, is that... uh, We've gotten rid of a lot of our vocational training in our high schools that back in the 50s, we went where you could do adult, you know, these dual tracks that if you're going to go to college, you take these classes. If you want to go vocational, you end up going this direction. And uh, a lot of people were upset about that and saying, you know, that we're making people make these decisions early in life. And oftentimes it was those who were not as uh, financially wealthy or minorities that were going the vocational track versus going the academic, you know, to college track. So they basically over time ended up getting rid of vocational education. And I think in the process of doing that, um, they made vocational arts, the vocational trades, uh, a less desirable trade, which I feel like is very sad to our society. I look in Europe And a lot of people look at Europe and kind of praise, you know, Europe's educational tracks and free college and everything. But they they start those educational tracks really early. And I think people should be able to deviate. And if they end up wanting to go to college, they can go to college later, which isn't the case in Europe. It's really hard once you start on that vocational track to go to college. It's not here in the United States. There's always a way to to get back into going to a four-year degree if that's what you choose to do. But the vocations are uh, trades over in Europe are more highly respected and uh, than I think they are here in the United States. And I, and I know some of the, you know, people like in the plumbing industry, electrician, electrical uh, engineering or uh, that are electricians um, who 
you know, make, make incredible um, incomes for their family. And so I, I, I think that conversation needs to be had a little bit more on, on going more vocational trades and uh, in training for specific jobs versus this four-year degree that we've been pushing the majority of our high school students to prepare for. And if somehow they don't go that direction, that um, they're perceived as not being as successful. And so I think we need to get rid of the stigma that we have that's associated with going to college versus learning a trade or specific skill that you can earn a living for you and your family. And so anyway, I guess we've almost wrapped up our time today on the Trump Tater program. Uh, we'll start tomorrow and see what else is coming out in this election and where we're going. And uh, the 6th is coming up quickly. Next on the 4th, on January 4th, President Trump will be in Georgia for a rally. And uh, on the 5th is the election in Georgia, which we've got to make sure if you haven't donated to these campaigns, please donate. Uh, we're being outraised. A significant amount. I mean, one of the Democratic candidates has raised six times more in California than he's raised in Georgia. It's pretty scary. So we, we need to help our uh, the Republican candidates in this race. And then on January 6th, the big rally in Washington, D.C., with a lot of Trump supporters going to support President Trump in Washington, D.C. And I know here in the state of Utah, we will be having a rally of our own at our state capitol on January 6th. So I'll mention and give out more information on that. Uh, throughout this next week. We'll see you tomorrow on the Trump Tater. And don't forget, write January 6th on your calendar to attend either the national rally or the state rally here in Utah or whatever state you're in. I'm sure they're going to be having something.